Welcome to Prime Alpha's interview series, insights from industry practitioners discussing their journey and their discoveries. Hello, my name is Amanda Jogia, the CEO of Prime Alpha, an online ecosystem bringing together alternative opportunities and their investors. I would like to introduce Ted Jasinski, co-founder of Blackhawk Advisors, who specializes in identifying, acquiring, and optimizing manufacturing housing communities. Welcome, Ted. Thank you. Uh, it's great to be here. I appreciate the, uh, the time and the opportunity to uh, speak about Blackhawk Advisors. I am super excited because I think uh, manufacturing housing is a really interesting opportunity set. So, so let's talk about your journey and how you got here. Sure, absolutely. I started my career in New York at a firm called Kidder Peabody. Was involved in managed futures and working on accounts with Paul Tudor Jones and Lewis Bacon and the early parts of, um, of hedge funds, which seemed like eons ago, because that was 1989. Uh, and from there, moved into Kidder was, was bought and then worked for a firm called James River Capital. Simultaneously was moved down to Virginia. So moved from New York to Virginia, um, was told that I was gonna die and go to heaven and um, yes. <laughs> it was great. Um, now, actually, I've been down here for 25 years, and I was blessed to uh, have the opportunity to start a um, hedge fund administration shop called Admiral Administration. And at that point, it was the opportunity to um, take everything I had done in my career and be a general manager and work on everything from accounting to business development, sales, um, manage people, took um, my firm from about... Um, eight to 45 people and a handful of clients to about 80 clients, but I actually had an opportunity to see every asset class under the sun, um, entertainment royalties, patents and copyrights, storage leasing, airplane leasing. Um, it, it was there that I kind of fell in love with esoteric assets and uh, in the alternative um, world. Amazing. So what was that pivotal point when you decided to kind of go off on your own and start Blackhawk? Yeah, it, it's it, interesting uh, because I am a very loyal person and loyal to a fault, I would say. And um, I'm a big believer in you, you pay your dues and, and good things happen and opportunities arise. And so we were owned by a, a foreign company um, that it, it just it was interesting because it was to the point where I had done everything I could possibly do within Admiral and uh, we weren't growing anymore in some of the other offices. And uh, it came to a point where I was looking at, I've always been an investor and involved in a lot of different strategies. And so we kind of came to a mutual agreement that it was time to, to move on. And at the same time, my business partner, David Brown, who I'd worked with back at Kidder in early parts of James River was reaching out to me. So uh, it was just a, um, I call it sort of a God thing. It, it, it happened. We met and we got together and we launched Blackhawk and we had some ideas and opportunities, uh, but it evolved from there. And it was a, it was a really cool transition from uh, in my career. So what, what's the opportunity that you're seeing in um, manufacturing housing? I mean, it's, it's really, it's such a um, opaque space and I'm mm -hmm. sure our audience is wondering what is that? <laughs> Sure. No. Um, MHCs, uh, it, basically manufactured housing communities or mobile home parks. Um, if you have 
investors or, or clients in the uh, Southeast, particularly Texas, they don't mind calling them trailer parks. We don't like to call them that, um, but you know, it's affordable housing. And uh, Dave and I started our first fund under Blackhawk in private lending. And we were lending to home builders um, in the Richmond, Virginia area, which at that point we thought was um, affordable housing being a $200,000 home or $250,000 home. But then we started studying um, MHCs because there were a handful of operators here in Richmond. And we realized, well, this is really affordable housing. You're, you know, $30,000 to $50,000 home um, within these communities. And we started studying it, reaching out to mentors, and really through a mutual contact had found subject matter expert down in Charleston, South Carolina, um, and have since really integrated them into our, our business. And as Dave and I learned from our days at Kidder and James River, some other areas, that it is all about, you can't do everything, right? It, it is about finding those experts. So we're not commercial real estate uh, experts. Um, we are structured finance people, um, and alternative investment guys and you know we we can find those opportunities but it's a very fragmented industry there's a lot of mom and pop um, parks they've been around for decades uh, particularly in the in the 50s and you know you you often hear that people say oh they're cash cows they're they're great investments well they are but there's a lot of work that goes into them right and you um, you don't just buy a park and and snap your fingers or you know collect the rent and think that everything is going to go great um, these are communities that are often needing paving they're needing aesthetic improvements uh, landscaping uh, fixing up homes getting rid of crime and so forth. And so we saw those opportunities where uh, investors can not only make a good return, but really improve lives. And so we had one of our key investors as, as um, affectionately called it the double line investment. And, and we see that it's a, it's a double line in the, in the sense that you can make a good return, but you also um, are rewarded by helping folks. It's a, it's a really interesting, I mean, in terms of your business and how you've pivoted going from debt and now into manufacturing housing. Um, what if, What do you think you guys did right? That's a great question um, because we, uh, our thesis was right on the private lending. And I would say it was a harder business to run because in, in, in hindsight, you really have to look at um, every dollar spent, every nail that goes into a home and, and so forth. And, and a little bit of the wild west. Now people would think that MHC investing is the wild west and it it actually um, is a lot more uh, let's say tighter than than maybe just residential home building which is uh, unique and and um, interesting to us um, but what we part of our thesis was in in studying the MHCs is that you will be rewarded if you aggregate parks and you build portfolios and so being from an institutional grade and moving into, you know, buying one park at a time, there's a lot of groups out there that, that can buy parks um, and, and just, you know, buy a, a real estate asset and do well. But we coming from sort of a, a hedge fund or, or private equity background knew that we could structure funds um, and, and create something that um, again, you know, 
can bring a, a nice return to investors, right? A cash on cash and then a, a nice IRR. Uh, but you really are rewarded um, with your uh, aggregation. Uh, and, and by example, four or five years ago, you can buy these parks. Some of them were 30% occupied. We'd be buying them at an eight, nine percent cap rate. If it was even a stabilized park, it might be seven or eight uh, percent cap rate. The market has changed significantly in the last three years. There's a lot more attention. You know, the cocktail parties, everyone's talking about owning, right? And MHC, and how does that work? But the interesting part is that maybe you know, ten to twelve percent of the industry is institutionally owned. You know, that's the yes communities of the world or sun communities, um, the really big players. So you're you're staring at a lot of opportunity in the sense that we're growing, we're sort of that mid-tier institutional grade. And then you have a lot of the single parks and, and such that are owned by small, small LLCs and, and groups. Um, but where we, we really got it right um, is that we, we brought a very institutional, um, we brought a lot of controls and procedures. Uh, we don't touch any dollars. Um, our park managers don't touch anything. So it's all electronic, um, which is wild. And we also, you know, as we aggregate, you get a full percentage point to build these portfolios as you exit. And, and that's a really cool concept. And we're seeing that in, you know, now it's almost a, point and a half to two points. Uh, so it's it's there's buying opportunities still, um, but the trade is much different. I, I often like to use the baseball term. When we were starting five years ago, four years ago, we were more in the third inning. Now we're maybe in the sixth or seventh inning. So still room to go, uh, but the trade is changing a little bit. Right. At Prime Alpha, we talk to a lot of fund managers. And uh, a thing that's really come up more and more frequently is, especially in real estate, is the family offices hiring spectacular teams to go out and invest their capital for their own portfolio. And then seeing these spectacular teams then become entrepreneurs. And I think that fits with you guys. So what was the catalyst of why you want to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's been an excellent question. Um, I would probably say if you had asked me 30 years ago, I, I would not describe myself as an entrepreneur, um, just a hardworking individual, um, a, a more of a generalist, you know, involved in a lot of different things. Uh, but everyone's, you know, got a time and place, right, to, to shine. And so um, it's unique in that I would often describe our business as having four partners. Um, Dave Brown and myself are the partners of Blackhawk, but then we team up with um, two partners of TrueBuild, which is our um, park operator group out of, out of Charleston. And they're also um, entrepreneurs. And so, you know, if you're hungry, if you're um, dedicated, um, if you, you know, are willing to put everything into the business and do everything and anything, right, from taking out the garbage to uh, uh, changing printer cartridges um, to, you know, watching every dollar to doing heavy analysis, right, financial analysis, um, it's kind of cool. You get an opportunity to, to do it all. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, family offices, because that's ideally who we're suited well to, because they can move quickly, uh, you know, but this is, this isn't, you know, anyone can invest in this asset class. I think it's, you know, if you, if you can look at 
the rewards and the risk reward, it, it's, and I've seen a lot of different risk reward uh, opportunities in my career. Um, this is one of the better ones. It's, it's, you know, it, you are, you got high reward um, with, with controlled risk, right? I mean, interest rates stay low. Um, affordable housing is always needed. And um, we as Americans aren't the best at saving money, right? So unfortunately, <laughs> you have to provide those affordable um, places to live. So this is my final question. What do you think is your superpower and why? I love this question because um, I, I, you know, when I, <laughs> when I think of superpowers and I think of, I think of Superman, I think of Batman. I don't know if Captain America is considered a, uh, uh, but he's one of my favorites. Um, I, you know, I'm very humbled, very blessed with a lot of great things that have happened uh, in, in my career and where I am now, uh, where Dave and I are and, and my other partners down in Charleston. Uh, teamwork, you know, we're, um, we're passionate about what we do. Um, we care. Again, just having those great partners and, and people to build a business with. Um, the interesting part of how we came together is that we have a lot of different skill sets and a lot of experiences, right? And it's kind of cool to see that all blend together. Um, but we're 60 something deep. And so we were built before we even started transacting and doing things, which is uncommon. Um, and, you know, but you, it, it's human capital, right? You have to, you have to make sure that you've got a lot of people that have the same um, motivations, the same desires, the same uh, passion um, they're going to put in, you know, it's 24 seven as a small business owner, you don't get a break. <laughs> you can go on vacation, but you're constantly thinking of the business and, and how to improve and what to do. So no particular, you know, superpower, but you know, we have secret sauces within the business. I love it. Always need the secret sauce. Thanks, Ted, so much for your time. We'll drop Ted's information into this podcast. And um, I definitely would love to have you back to talk more about the industry and kind of trends and things that you're seeing, because I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of uh, evolution in the space. Absolutely. Thank you for the time.